welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hello and welcome to the B-Side. I'm Vince and I'm going to be your host. I'm also the youth and children's pastor here at Blessed Hope and I'm joined with our regular guests that we're going to have, Pastor Matt Hans, also here at Blessed Hope. Hey Vince. So before we jump into this, I just want to give you a, a brief explanation of why we chose B-Side as the name, because I think if you don't know, you're not going to know. I mean, that sounds really simple, <laughs> but fair enough. But it is true. And, and we chose B-Side because like the old cassette play tapes or records, they would have a B-Side. It wasn't always um, considered to be the best um, by the artists. They're just kind of like, oh, here's some extra songs we recorded. We'll throw them in there. Uh, but they usually turned out to be really good. Yeah, you get some of those old 45s, and uh, you know the the B side of those. Sometimes those songs were more popular, or they have more staying power uh, than than the pop song that was what everybody wanted. And so, hopefully, as we get into this podcast, people will get some good information, and uh, and they'll they'll find it uh, real valuable. So this is kind of the B side of our sermons, and. Pastor Matt's been preaching through a series on heaven the last two weeks, and we just thought that this would be a great time to tackle some questions that can't always be answered in a sermon format or just need to be answered somewhere else other than a sermon because there's just a sermon's different. Sure. And so this is the B side of the sermon, and we've been asking for our congregation to write in a bunch of questions that they have about heaven, things that you say in the sermon, things that scriptures say about uh, heaven. But before we get there, I just want to ask, how did this series come about? Because you don't hear a lot of churches preach specifically on heaven. Yeah, yeah, and and that and, and frankly, this is something we've never done before. You know, I, I've been I've been the pastor here at Blessed Hope for uh, almost four years, and uh, while we've talked about heaven. Uh, and it's come up in a sermon here or there, uh, we've never focused on heaven, um, even for one sermon, much less for a series. Uh, and so this is new for us. And, and the way we got here, frankly, is by accident. Uh, you know, we, we did a, a big series, I Am, uh, was the series in the fall. And in one of those weeks, talking about God's faithfulness and his goodness, uh, we started to talk about heaven and the topic of rewards in heaven came up and the idea that heaven is not going to be the exact same experience for every single one of us, but that some of the things that I do on earth are, are going to directly impact my experience in heaven. Not that it'll be bad for anybody, uh, but that, that my rewards uh, will be linked to my uh, faithfulness here on earth to a degree. And, and I mentioned that what I thought was just kind of a matter of a fact statement that most people would know. And um, boy, when people got to their small groups that week, I think we had 14 small groups that semester. And when people got to their small groups, I think seven or eight of them uh, had big questions about that. And uh, and their, their discussion time focused on that statement. And it just really was was a big thing. And the more we heard about it, the more we thought, you know what? we need to talk about heaven. People are confused. People don't understand what it will be like. And, and so we wanted to make sure that they had a chance to, to really get their questions answered. Yeah, and I remember when that happened, uh, everybody was asking questions and it made me think, well, shoot, am I right about thinking that there are rewards in heaven? So I went back and asked 
you always try to ask people that are smarter than you at times. And so I went back and asked one of my theology professors in seminary and got back to me and said, hey, this has been something that Christians have believed for a long time. We don't talk about it, but this is orthodox for a very long time. Yeah, well, and that's and I think that's one of the things that... Um that's one of the dangers when we don't talk about things is is that what's orthodox or what's a natural understanding of what, what the church has always believed, what makes good biblical sense, kind of starts to get replaced with, well, what do I think it should be? And so uh, it's why it's important to have a series like this and uh, why it's great that people ask questions. Definitely. So uh, I'm going to start off with a, a simple question, but I think a question that a lot of people have. Uh, from our children here all the way up to our senior adults, but what about animals in heaven? And I guess more specifically, what about pets in heaven? Are we going to see Skip? Are we going to see, uh, I don't know what people name their dogs. I'm not a dog guy, but are our pets going to be in heaven? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, uh, you say it's a simple question, uh, but but this is one that, that when my wife listens, um, it's a dangerous question if I answer it wrongly uh, from her perspective. Um, but I would say this, uh, you know, we talked last Sunday about the new earth where we will spend eternity. Uh, and it's a restored, redeemed earth uh, where everything is, is the way that it was before the fall. And, and of course, that earth is going to have animals. Um, it's there, there were animals in the garden before the fall. There will be animals in the new earth. There's no doubt in my mind that that'll be true. And the cool thing about that, Vince, is that those animals are things that we've never even begun uh, to imagine. Um, everything we know about animals, whether they're the pets that we love or they're ferocious things we avoid um, or things we find to gross, doesn't matter. Whatever we know about them, uh, is all been influenced by the fall. Um, it affected us as human beings, but it also affected the animals uh, on the earth. And, and so uh, what we're going to experience for eternity in the new earth is animals that are the way God originally intended and created them. And so um, it's even better than people think. You know, they're like, are there going to be animals in heaven? Yes. But not the animals you think. It's going to be even better than that. Um, and so I think you know people that are animal lovers and, and that, that really are curious about that should be excited about that. It's better than they expect it to be. And on top of that, the question about pets. I'm going to say this. I, I don't know. You know, um, I don't. I don't anticipate God letting go of every good thing on earth. Um, and so, while I can't say with certainty and I can't point to any scripture, um, I'll say this. I know that, that human beings um, are made specifically in God's image. Um, we are unique in creation that way. Nobody else, no other part of creation is made in the image of God. And so we have this priority relationship. Um, some people assume that means we're the only thing that will make it uh, to heaven. But, but I don't know... Um, that there's anything in scripture to necessarily warrant that. I think the animals very easily could be there, especially if they provide love, comfort, and, and joy and help us worship God. I don't see why that would be unheard of. Just like I don't see why it would be unheard of that, uh, you know, that the apple tree that was in grandma's front yard, mm. um, that provided so much enjoyment and so much, uh, uh, glory and so much fun for the family to, to be around and, and, uh, and that things were centered around that that wouldn't 
also somehow be there. I, I can't say that with certainty, but it wouldn't shock me. Well, I'm pretty excited about there being animals there that I've never seen, never um, experienced. And one of the animals that I'm super excited about is a velociraptor. Just being a kid when Jurassic Park came out, you don't go into the tall grass. And so I'm excited <laughs> for uh, the opportunity in heaven to maybe go in the tall grass riding a velociraptor. Sure. And, and you know what? That's one of those things that people wouldn't normally think about, mm -hmm. right? But in a restored earth where things are the way God intended, um, I, <laughs> I can't imagine uh, that, that we're going to lose part of his creation. And so I think if you're an animal lover, um, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to the new earth and the things that we'll experience and the animals that we'll see and, and that we'll interact with. Yeah, so we're going to move on to some very very scripture-specific questions. And I think these are great because it shows that they're not only listening to... People are not only listening to your sermons, they're also listening to what God's saying in His Word and, and being active mm -hmm. in that pursuit. And so we're going to jump to the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, where we, um, we have the new heavens, the new earth have come. We're in... New Jerusalem, and we're talking about this river of life that's flowing down Main Street, you know, flowing down Broadway, if you will. And there's trees of life on on each side, and the leaves are said to be healing for the nations. And so the question that we have from there is, what healing needs are there? Yeah, and that's that's a good question because one of the things that we typically think about when we think of heaven is we think of, okay, there's no tears, there's no sorrow, there's no death, there's no sadness. And so as we think about that, it's hard for us to imagine that we'll have needs. Um, but, but I think one of the things that's clear if we really understand and we read carefully through Scripture is um, we will have needs. We're still going to be human beings. Um, and... Just like Adam and Eve had needs in the garden before the fall, we're going to need to eat. We're going to need to drink. Uh, we're, we're going to need uh, relationships, and we're going to need those things. God has created us in his image as human beings to need those things. The thing that I think is interesting about that, or, or that, that we should know, is that those needs aren't a bad thing. And we're predisposed in this broken, fallen world to assume um, that needing those things is dangerous because we might not get our needs met. There are plenty of people in the world that um, are dying of thirst, that don't have access to clean water. And so the need to drink water, uh, the need for, for life-giving water is, is scary. The need for food. We have famines and droughts and people going without and people dying of starvation because uh, there's just there's not a way for their need to be met. We have people lonely, people heartbroken because they don't have the relationship needs met. And so we think, well, in heaven there must not be needs. But we'll have needs. We'll, we'll have need for all of those things. But the good news is, uh, the, the fact of heaven uh, on earth, the fact of, of this new earth, God making everything right the way that it was, is that we'll have easy access for our needs to be met. There will never be a need that we have in heaven that won't be easily met by God's good provision. And that'll cause us all kinds of worship, knowing that our good and gracious God has met every single one of our needs in abundance. Yeah. So in, in the fallen creation, we our needs 
are met with scarcity. And in redemption, God meets our needs with abundance. And I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but needs are there, but, but God is so good. Yeah. So we're going to move from this Revelation 22 to Revelation 6, verses 9 through 10, where we get to see the martyrs under the throne of God. And this is where we get a lot of questions about awareness. This is where we get a lot of questions about being satisfied, even though you can see what's going on. And... I imagine that uh, people are going to take this a step further beyond martyrs and take it to their loved ones, but how aware are the martyrs in heaven? How aware are our loved ones who have passed and gone to be with Jesus? Yeah, and, and I think that's great insight because people ask about the martyrs because they're who we specifically read about, but there is no reasonable reason to say, well, it's only the martyrs that we're talking about. Um, I've got loved ones... Um, that have passed away. They weren't martyred for their faith. They weren't killed for their faith, but they were faithful Christians. And so they're also with Jesus in, in the present heaven now. And and so the question is, yeah, are they aware? What do they do? What do they know? Um, uh, do they interact with us? And I, I would say this, I, I think the, the martyrs in heaven, the people in heaven are very aware. Uh, we read that, that they say, you know, to Jesus in, in Revelation 6, you know, hey, how long are we waiting here? Uh, when is it going to be time for you to judge the earth? And that's in direct response to things that are happening on the earth. Okay. And so I don't think there's any reason to assume that they're in this bubble when they get to heaven where they, they no longer know anything about what's happening on earth or they no longer care. Um, of course they care. And of course they, they know. We read that clearly. And so I think there's, there's a, uh, this connection where our loved ones know what's happening. Uh, they're not following us around. They're not, you know, living in our house as spirits or anything, but they, they know what we're doing. So I want to pick up on one thing that you said. I have it later on in my question sheet, but you mentioned it, so let's go to it. Yeah. The martyrs are asking to be avenged. Sure. In, in Revelation 6, 9 through 10. And the question that we got was, when Stephen is killed, Stephen's the first Christian martyr in the book of Acts, and he prays that God would forgive uh, his killers. Yet the martyrs in heaven are asking to be avenged. Uh, so the question is, what's going on? Is there something goofy going on? Is this a contradiction? What's going on in this? Yeah, and you know what's really interesting about that, that's why it's a great question, is because Stephen, as the first Christian martyr, uh, in Acts 7, we see Stephen, you know, being murdered for his faith um, and his witness as he proclaims the gospel. You know, they throw stones at him until he's dead. Um, and um, so Stephen, at that point in time, while they're actively killing him, kind of mimics Jesus as saying on the cross, hey, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. And so Stephen prays forgiveness um, to those that are, that are killing him. Mm. But Stephen, as the first Christian martyr, is represented. He is there among the martyrs in Revelation 6. So as the martyrs are clamoring and petitioning God for justice and judgment, um, Stephen is actually part of that group as well. And so uh, why the change of heart maybe is the question. Yeah. And I would say that his heart hasn't changed, but the timing and purpose has changed. See, we, we know um, that Jesus comes once for the cross to offer grace and mercy and forgiveness to those that will choose to accept it on the cross. 
and he rises from the dead and he conquers death. Uh, and now um, our job as Christians in this time is to offer grace and forgiveness to those that need to know the gospel. Uh, we are ambassadors of that grace. We're to mimic Jesus uh, and show love and mercy and forgiveness. And that's what Stephen was doing. But we also know that there is another time when Jesus will return. And he will not return um, as someone who, who will, will live a humble life and, and, and die on the cross again. He is returning as a conquering king mm. to once and for all bring in his kingdom, wipe out injustice, judge evil in its entirety, and have it be done with. And so uh, what's happening in Revelation 6 is, is we're clamoring for that time. Mm. Uh, where Jesus is getting ready to return. Uh, and, and in fact, Jesus, they're asking him, hey, when are you going to do this? And he says, well, you know what? It's almost time. Mm. But be patient just a little longer until the full number mm. has been reached. And so uh, the purpose is different. Mm. And, and so going along with it, and I think this can be a quick answer, but yeah. what judgment are we talking about? I think you may have already answered that. Oh, but... sure. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's Let's be clear there. We're talking about the judgment of everything. The judgment of the brokenness in the world, the judgment of sin, the judgment of Satan and his demons, the judgment of, of people that have chosen to live an unrepentant life apart from the God of the universe. Uh, we're talking about final judgment. Um, and, and what's, what's going to be great about that judgment and scary at the same time is that's the final judgment. That's the moment where where Jesus then will say to those um, that, that have chosen him, you know, welcome, good and faithful servant. Um, and to those that have rejected him, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm. Uh, and, and where Satan will be thrown in the pit um, and, and evil will, will cease to be a thing because no one will reject God. Yeah. So we're going to go back on my list. You the listeners have no idea where we are on a list. Sure, but, right. They don't um, know. The question that was brought up, how can the martyrs, how can my loved ones be satisfied in heaven knowing the mess that is earth now? Oh, yeah. So the idea, let, let me see if I'm, if I'm tracking you here, but, but the idea that if, if I'm aware of something bad, then that will rob me of joy. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, so so I get that. And, and you know what? That's a great question that makes a lot of sense because I think it's it's our reality, isn't it? Um, I You know, I, I think an easy example is, you know, if, if um, somebody close to me, a very good friend, um, you know, comes to me and tells me, hey, I, I've got cancer. Um, and it's bad, and the prognosis is is awful, and uh, I'm not going to make it. And I have that moment and that exchange with them, and I and I love them, and I hug them, and I pray with them, and uh, I, I'm going to take that with me. And I go later that night to a dinner party that's supposed to be a celebration. Uh, I think you know, if you've ever experienced anything like that, that, that I'm going to go to that dinner party, and I, I'm going to kind of have fun. Mm. I'm going to kind of enjoy it, but my heart's going to be pulled back to the mess mm. and, and the brokenness of my friend with cancer. And so the question is, like, if I'm really in heaven and I'm experiencing this perfection, how can I know about things that are hard for people I love? Yeah. And, and I get that, except... I think it's 
it's a misguided question. Mm-hmm. And I think it's misguided because we assume that when we go to heaven, we're just like we are now. Mm. But when we go to heaven, uh, we're transformed. We are like Jesus um, in that, you know, our hearts are, are free from sin and brokenness and we see things clearly. Um, and, and part of that, I think, is, is being able to see and know about brokenness on earth, but also to be so rooted in the joy of this relationship with the God of the universe and so focused on what's to come that it doesn't, it doesn't damp, uh, dampen my joy. Um, it just makes me aware. Yeah. I think that's the key thing that you said in there is that so often we think we're going to be just the way we are now Yeah. when we get into heaven. That's when we get into all kinds of questions and misconceptions about what heaven's going to be like. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the animals, right? We're going to get there and the animals are going to be completely different than we've ever experienced. Well, we're going to be completely different. Like I've never known a person that wasn't broken and, 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 uh, I mean, maybe broken is too harsh, but I don't think so. But but broken and bogged down with sin and 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 the the broken nature of the world. I mean, that's just who we are as people. And and part of our relationship with God is pushing past that and growing uh, in maturity and growing in Christlikeness. But we don't realize that in fullness until we get to heaven. And so we will be completely different. People uh, will think differently. We'll process differently. We'll understand differently. So this next question uh, came with a little bit of a story and I just, I'm not going to repeat the story. I just want to kind of protect whoever yeah, that yeah. story is. Um, but the gist of what I got was the situation, uh, somebody was traveling somewhere and uh, mentioned that their dad, not not their father in heaven, but their, their earth father who has passed, so mm-hmm. I guess kind of their father in heaven, um, <laughs> had helped them along the get here safely oh, like traveling mercy traveling mercy yeah. so do our loved ones who are in heaven uh do they help us uh is it those sort of things that go on is it a little bit like uh i think it's saint christopher for catholics is the the patron saint of travel or something is it yeah almost like guardian angels yeah. a little bit yeah you know that's a that's a big question and, and i'm gonna say uh, and I think this will shock some people and hopefully, you, you know, not irritate too many folks, but, but I'm going to say no. Um, I don't believe it works that way. There's nothing in Scripture to indicate that, that that's the plan. There's nothing in Scripture to indicate that, that my, uh, my loved ones that have passed on before me that knew and loved Jesus and they're in heaven with Jesus, there's nothing in Scripture to indicate um, or, or say that they're now watching over me specifically, that they're following me around, that they've got my back, that they're manipulating things on earth so that um, I will be safe. I think that's going a step too far. That's, um, that's not something I think we can safely say from scripture, but I would say this, and it should give us comfort. I do believe when, when I say that I think the saints in heaven are aware, I think they're aware of us. Uh, Hebrews 12 talks about this great cloud of witnesses. I think that that our loved ones that love Jesus that have passed on before us are part of that great cloud of witnesses that knows what's happening, that spurs us on. And I'll go a step further. I think they pray for us. Mm. Um, And and, I mean, if you really think about it, what do you tell the kids all the time? 
about prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is just talking to God. We drill that in our kids. We say it to our adults here. Sometimes that's hard for adults to imagine, especially if they like the fancier prayers. Yeah. Um, you know, the old English language or whatever it is, uh, more liturgical stuff. But And those are fine. Those are great. But, but it, that's not all that prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. And uh, we have firsthand um, understanding from Revelation 6 that the saints in heaven talk to Jesus. Mm. I mean, what are they doing? They're saying, how long, God? How long do we have to wait? Um, And so we know that they are talking to or praying to God. And, And so there's no reason to assume that they're not talking and praying to God about us. You know, I, I think I've, I've probably said this in a, a Sunday sermon before, and I, I know I've told you, Vince, but but I, I my grandpa Hans um, is a guy that um, I would hear on a pretty regular basis audibly pray for myself, my brother, and my cousins. Um, he would pray for his grandkids, uh, and he, he would pray for them out loud, and he would pray blessings over them, and... and uh, uh, God's protection and, and God's wisdom and that we would be raised and, and, and that we would grow in love and that we would do things. And uh, it was always comforting to hear him pray those prayers, but even more so to know that he would do it daily. Hmm. And so if I'm thinking about my grandpa, my grandpa Hans, who did that when he was on earth and a good man, a growing, maturing uh, man that was trying to be more like Jesus, but still um, stuck in sin. And now he's no longer stuck in sin and he is with Jesus. And so he is more like Jesus than ever. And he still has access. He's still talking to Jesus on a regular basis. There's no part of me that doesn't believe that he's still talking to Jesus about me and my brother and my cousins. And so it does my heart well to know, yeah, he's not following me around, making sure I I catch the green lights. (laughs) But I know that he's talking about the the big things. He is interceding for me. He is part of that cloud of witnesses that watches and not just him, but, but other family and friends that have, have passed on. And, um, I, that gives me such comfort to know that, that that's part of what is happening in heaven. And, uh, I want to add a point of clarification though, uh, because I don't want this to go too far. Yeah, definitely. I don't pray to grandpa hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ask Grandpa Hans to help me out. Yeah. Um, you know, when I pray, I pray to God. Mm-hmm. And, and I read that I have one mediator between God and man, and it's the person, Jesus Christ. I take comfort in knowing that my grandfather is in heaven, has the ear of Jesus, and he cares for me and is aware of me and, and wants good for me. I take comfort in that. But if I need something, uh, when I pray, I'm going directly to the throne. That's my call. So while I think it's good for us to recognize that our loved ones in heaven are aware, uh, I don't ever want us to think that we should be spending our time talking to them. Mm. Um, That's unbiblical, and and, and it's not what we should do. Yeah. So we have about three minutes left. We're going to try and keep these at about 30 minutes, which means... We're not going to be able to hit necessarily everyone's questions. we got three questions that are still left. We have two more podcasts during this Heaven series where we're going to tackle these. And, yeah. and who knows, questions may slow down, and so we can spend more time and linger on some. But do you just want to plug uh, 
the the church service time yeah i we we uh uh if you've got uh, a church i want to say this too it's if you're listening to this online you know um it, it's not blessed hope is the only church for you to come and be a part of if you've got a church that loves jesus has a high view of the scriptures and is is um you know doing the right things then then by all means we want you to be there we want you to grow there we want you to get planted there get plugged into service um, we love those churches, uh, and, and we, we love that you're there. Um, if you don't have a home church, um, then I would invite you always uh, to, to be a part of ours. Our services are 930 every Sunday morning. Uh, everybody's welcome. Come as you are. And uh, just know when you get here, you're going to experience a group of people that, that love God and, uh, and want to worship freely, and, and this is what we do. Yeah, so this has been the B-Side. We uh, are going to be recording every two weeks. We want to just thank you guys for joining us today. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It kind of depends on scheduling and, and how microphones end up working out <laughs> sure. and how it comes out. But we just want to take the time and say thank you guys for joining us, and this has been the B-Side. Thank you.